0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. I've been asking the Lord to take me into new ground. New ground. Did you know that your spirit is as saved as it's ever going to be? But if you're like me, your soul has some work to do. Our mind, our will, our emotions is defined as our soul. My body has some work to do. Amen. And uh, so that where the Holy Spirit lives in our spirit man desires to take new ground in our inner man. There's beautiful imagery in the Old Testament with God's old covenant people, and our journey now as new covenant people in our inner man as they journeyed through that which was external. Um, in Hebrews 3, we're reminded and we are connected uh, through the Word of God with lessons from their journey to impart to us in our journey. In verse 7, the Spirit of God says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, how many of you know the Holy Spirit speaks? He's not mute. He has a voice. The Holy Spirit says, Today, if you, you believers, this side of the cross and the resurrection, the ascension and the day of Pentecost, If you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me, saw my works 40 years, and therefore I was angry with that generation. And I said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways, So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Why was God Almighty, our wonderful, loving Father, so angry? It's because the people who he redeemed, who he saved, who he delivered, who he, he showed miracle after miracle after miracle, who he'd been so incredibly gracious to, who for generations, for hundreds of years, he'd shown himself strong, Through the blessing of Abraham, they allowed their hearts to grow cold and hardened, and they refused and became stubborn to take the next step. Now look at this very sobering verse that comes next, verse 12. Beware, brethren, those of us who are in Christ, beware, lest there be in any of you an evil heart, Notice God calls unbelief evil, an evil heart of unbelief in departing. That word depart means to drift away slowly but surely from the living God, to begin to just think of him in the past of what he used to do, what he used to be like, the living God who is alive and breathing and right there in you and with you and knows all there is to know about you, to depart from the conscious practice of his presence, beware, lest there should be in any of you, me, an evil heart of beginning to disbelieve what God has said and done, but exhort, encourage one another daily, while it is still called today, don't put it off till tomorrow, lest Any of you be hardened. The word hardened there means to become stubborn, unwilling to move, unwilling to grow. Understand that movement and growth are interrelated. You're not going to get stronger if you don't move. Movement is key. Lest any of you become hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Let's stop and think about that for just a minute. Let's go back in our minds to what was going on recorded for us in Numbers 13 and 14. That God had just done an incredibly mighty miracle of delivering his people from Egypt. Now you look around here today and you see some what's called mega churches. We don't have a clue. Scholars tell us there were between two and a half and three million Israelites in Egypt that God delivered. What a, you talk about a movement of God. That's mega. How many of you know though, it's not always about the size because the majority can be wrong. So here was this mega group of people who had seen the mighty works of God. They'd been in Egypt 430 years. Generation after generation after generation grew up and then in the Toward the end of that, boy, did it ever get oppressive because the Egyptian pharaohs began to place on the backs of the Israelite people a mighty burden of building the Egyptian empires. So they didn't have an opportunity to grow and develop and and aspire and prosper. Their job was every day in the mud and straw to make bricks, to build fortified buildings for the Egyptian empire. They cried out to the Lord, God raised up a man named Moses, who at that time was out herding a group of sheep for his father-in-law. You need to be, you, you need to understand That God may have an appointment with you and choose to use you in a way that you would never dream. God showed mighty miracle after mighty miracle after mighty miracle until finally the Egyptian pharaohs were willing to let the children of Israel go. And mightily and miraculously they left the land of Egypt. And not only did they leave the land of Egypt, but the Bible tells us. That the Egyptians loaded them down with silver and gold and precious jewels and all kind of resources. So get this picture. Here's the mightiest mega group of believers ever. You talk about some excitement. Now listen, excitement is contagious and excitement is energizing. And being part of something like that, can you, t- can you imagine? Oh, we're we're free now. We're free. Not only that, but we're rich. We have gone from being slaves to now. We've been loaded down by the very citizens of Egypt and all their wealth. And here they are leaving, believing, encouraged that now we're going to really enjoy the blessing God gave our father Abraham. That this land, this land of Canaan, I'm going to give to you as an inheritance forever. Loaded down, wealthy, mega. And something happened that turned an 11 day journey into a 40 year disaster. Think about that. They stopped moving forward. In believing God. They begin to believe what they saw and heard everybody else was looking at and hearing. And then they begin to focus on it, and then they begin to believe it. How many of you know that what you continually focus on you will eventually believe? You better be careful what you listen to, you better be careful what you allow to seep down into your spirit and affect your belief system. How do we know that, Pastor? Because when we look back at the account God's given us in the book of Numbers, what we find out is that there was a leader from all 12 tribes of Egypt uh, of Israel that were sent out to spy out this wonderful land that God had promised was theirs, the land of Canaan. There was only one problem. When the spies came back with some bounty from that land and he showed it to the people, their excitement was incredible. Can you imagine the ovation of excitement when they thought, this is awesome. This is all. Not only have we been delivered, not only are we free, not only are we loaded down with blessing, but this is what that land over there looks like. And we've just been focusing on mud for all these years. My, my, what an exciting thing. But how many of you know it's wonderful to be excited, but sooner or later you've got to make some decisions about who you're going to listen to, and whether or not deep down in your heart you really believe what God has said, sooner or later. And so, um, when they came back with the report, they said, "This land is oh boy, does it ever! Is it ever bountiful? But the people over there are just too much for us. They're 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 genetic." Freaks over there! There are sons of Anak. The sons of Anak. The Bible gives us some dimensions. They were at least nine feet tall. Now I watched some seven-footers play some basketball yesterday, but I want to tell you these guys were two feet above that. Pretty amazing. We can't do this. They're walled cities. We're just wandering around out here. We don't have any weapons. We don't have an army. The forces that are against us are too much for us. And the Bible says they wept all night in bitterness and despair. And then some of them began to say, you know what? It would have been better for us if we'd have just stayed where we were. In fact, they began to vote on having leadership to take them back and ask Pharaoh to take them back into the land of bondage. It's easier that way. It's easier that way. How are we going to eat? How are we going to feed our children? How are we going to take care of ourselves? This is too much. I can't do this. And the Bible says that other than Caleb and Joshua, the rest of that generation decided to follow the majority. And the majority was saying, The sky is falling. We're going to die. Oh, we don't have any words like that today, do we? They got their Focus off the one who had miraculously delivered them and already promised, you go forward, I will already be there, I will take care of this. And in their rebellion, they became stubborn and unwilling to take the next right step. The word told us right there, Jeff, you believers, you better beware You better not get satisfied with where you are because I'm trying to take you to another level of your relationship with me. I don't care how old or how young you are. God is saying, I have new ground for you to take. And it begins right there in your heart. So what's it going to be, folks? What's it going to be? Beware lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But I want to go back here for just a minute to that uh, verse 8. He says, Do not harden your hearts. Don't grow stubborn and unwilling to move because that's rebellion to what I've told you to do. And that happened in the day of trial in the wilderness. What was the day of trial? Understand this, that you can't have a living, vibrant faith without it being tested. You've heard this word over and over again, without test, you don't have a testimony. It is inevitable as long as we have skin on, a residence of this earth, there's going to be tests. But notice that God was saying this is an opportunity for you to learn and grow. You, you think that miracle that I did in delivering you was something? Just wait till I show you how to possess the land and walk in the blessing that I promised Abraham. You ain't seen anything yet. It's going to be a test. And the test usually comes by what we see, what we hear, how we feel. And we begin to say, this is too much for me. I can't do this, and we harden our heart, that is. We become unwilling to take the next right step. We just want the, we want the comforts, even if the comfort represents bondage, being stuck somewhere. We're willing, we just don't want to get out of our craving for comforts. Tests and trials are opportunities for growth. They're connected to our blessing, and just like they were standing at a crossroads corporately and personally, so are we today. Did you know that, folks? Believers today, you and I are standing at a crossroads corporately, as a nation, as a body of believers, and individually. We're standing at a crossroads. There's no question about it. The biggest mistake we can make is to focus on all the voices and all the clutter that's going on out there instead of on the promises of our God and His presence in us. It's the worst mistake we can make. And the worst mistake we can make is to be satisfied with the ground that we have taken in our relationship and journey with Jesus yesterday and not desire and long to take another step today of intimacy with our Lord. In any relationship that you have, especially your covenant relationships, you can get stuck easily by focusing on all kind of things that just make you comfortable instead of pressing in to see what the Lord would say to go to another level of intimacy with Him. In our inner man, learning to possess new territory in our inner man is the key to successfully being entrusted with greater territory, greater revelation, greater influence, greater resources from God. James chapter 1 is a very familiar passage to us in verses 2 and following, count it all joy when you encounter all kinds of tests and trials and temptations, knowing that it's the testing of your faith that develops. Listen develops, works out endurance, perseverance. But let endurance, let perseverance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Do you see, as long as we have this journey on the earth, we're going to have to welcome perseverance. Well, pastor, I'm tired, but those who wait on the Lord shall gain new strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Learning to possess new ground. How about you? Have you said to the Lord, Lord, I want to I take new ground. I've been praying all week. Spirit of God, show me where I've become so comfortable that I'm not willing to press in and press on for greater intimacy with you. Show me, Lord, where there are those areas in my mind, will, emotions, in my bodily discipline. Show me those areas where you want to take new ground. Are you willing to pray that? I'll tell you this, the Holy Spirit will be faithful to tell you what he wants. And you don't have to worry about trying to figure out in your own power on how you're going to do this. It's the Holy Spirit's power. It's not yours. Our job is to to believe and to yield to Him and to trust Him. You see, one of the problems that happened to them and can happen to us is our trials and tests, we're going to fail them if if we identify the wrong enemy. Here's who they identified in our text. Here's who they identified as the enemy, Amorites, Hittites, Jebusites, Canaanites. We can't can't defeat these They had the wrong enemy. The Word of God tells us right there that the enemy they failed to overcome was unbelief. A refusal to, to obey and walk forward in that obedience. I'm only going, listen, I'm only going to obey to the extent that I trust. If I don't really trust God and His Word, I'm not going to take the next step of obedience. I want to hold on to that little source of comfort that I think is my security, and that is a lie. See, it's deception. Our main enemies just like theirs, are not external, understand that cancer is not your enemy, heart disease is not your enemy, aging diseases of dementia are not your enemy, a lack of income is not your enemy. Inability to pay your bills is not really your enemy. Those people, fl- flesh and blood, are re- those people who've come against you are not your real enemy. The markets of this world, the, bi- the, the atmosphere that you do business in is not your real enemy. Political parties and leaders are not your real enemy. The only thing that is going to cause you to fail is none of that. It's unbelief. It's the same enemy they had. Today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. The deceitfulness of sin tells us, well, my family is my, is my enemy. If they just get straightened out, I'd be okay. What a lie. Our real enemies are a refusal to believe and receive what God says is ours. Fear arises out of unbelief. Do you know that the pandemic is not your real enemy? It's the fear of it. Oh, it's real. Don't make any mistake about that. It's real. But the real enemy is fear. Did you know that unbelief and the fear that stems from it attracts everything we don't want? And yet we believe that the problem is, well, if we just could get the right leadership, if we just, if that person would just repent and see the light, if my customers would just stick with me, if the markets would just help me, if I didn't have this thing going on in my body, our real enemies or unbelief and fear, shame, unwillingness to come to the cross and recognize that everything we've ever done or said that has violated our Lord, he is nailed to his own cross. Thank you, Jesus. Being comfortable with where we are and unwilling to move forward, that is being obsessed with it. The deception that is in this world Understand that the Bible is very clear that the whole world system lies under the influence of the evil one. He is a liar and the father of lies, Jesus said. Our issues we're fighting the wrong enemies, and that's the reason we get defeated. So what do we do to move forward? Now next week, God willing, I'm going to go into chapter 4 about how to come to a position of rest in your inner man. Not, not sitting down and doing nothing. How many of you know if you stay in neutral, you're going to run roll downhill? Gravitational pull will take... Well, I'm just going to be neutral. Like, no, you're not. You're going backwards. We're going to talk about that place where we have a relationship with the Lord. Where it's a place of rest. What does that mean? It doesn't mean inactivity. It means everything's settled. Hallelujah. I'm going to walk through something that's already been settled. That's a place of rest. We'll talk next Sunday about how we get there. But in conclusion, what do we do about identifying, taking new ground? How do I take new ground? Seek the Lord. Get before Him in prayer. Do what we were doing this morning. Get into a place of worship. You may be like me and uh, need. Let me tell you, some of the greatest times that I have is when I am walking or down there on my elliptical machine in our basement office with praise music. The Spirit of God speaks to me. The Spirit of God speaks to me. I recommend it in a place of worship where you give praise and glory to the Lord. And it helps you recognize you're not in control. You're responsible for obedience, trusting and obeying. But the results are up to him. And the Bible tells us in Philippians that he is at work to, Philippians two thirteen, he is at work to will and to do of his good pleasure. Father, the end results are in your hands. Seek the Lord in prayer, in praise, through his written word, by the voice of his spirit inside you. Stay focused. Stop striving in our own efforts to do what, the, what only the Holy Spirit can do. Can I ask you something? Can you change anybody's heart? Can you change anybody's heart? Everybody say this with me. I am not qualified to change anybody else. I can't even change myself. So wouldn't it make more sense that if I can't change anybody else in how they see things and how they're acting, wouldn't it make more sense for me to invest in more prayer for them than in my subtle efforts to control and manipulate what they're doing? Wouldn't that be more effective? Stop striving and start trusting the Holy Spirit do his work. Be careful what spiritual leadership you place yourself under. Do you know the wrong voices? Listening to the wrong voices cost Israel 40 years of death and destruction. These guys were one of them. They spoke out of unbelief and fear. Be careful the voices that have a place of authority in your life. Leadership affects all of us. And then I close with just this. You know, a lot of us used to sing songs. We have wonderful backgrounds here in our faith family. In this room here today, we have people, and in our partnership base, from Catholic, Episcopal, Anglican, Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, Church of Christ, you name it. That's one reason I love this so much. It's kind of like heaven, you know what I mean? We ain't worried about all that. But many of us grew up with a song we used to sing in church called Trust and Obey. Remember that? How many of you, you remember that? Trust and, oh, what a powerful word. Trust and obey for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word. What a glory He sheds on our way. While we do His good will, He abides with us still as long as we trust and obey. Trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and to obey. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? I pray that you will make a decision today to say, Lord, Spirit of God, I'm asking you to do in me what I've just heard my pastor is asking the Lord to do in him. Reveal to me, oh God, where I need to take new ground. Show me where I've been thinking I've got the wrong enemies. Show me where I've identified my problem, recognizing that that's really not the problem. No wonder I haven't been successful. Show me those areas in my inner man where you desire me to take new ground. Father, I believe that the promise. Of how much you love me how you want the very best for me the promise you originally gave to my spiritual father Abraham and fulfilled and perpetuated in my Lord Jesus I ask you to forgive me for taking my eyes off my real security reveal to me Lord the truth and I'll walk in obedience to you. Show me where I need to trust you to a greater level and show me where I need to operate in more aggressive obedience. Show me where I've tried to carry the load of responsibility to change instead of the load of partnership with you. Spirit of God, show me where I've listened to the wrong voices. Show me where my focus has been on what this world says instead of what you say in your eternal and mighty Word. You know the Lord is calling you to a place of greater intimacy with Him this year. Let Him know that's your desire. Let Him know that's your desire and invest those things that develop greater intimacy with Him in worship and prayer, the Word of God and fellowship with other believers. Father God, forgive us for making the mistake of that early group who got their eyes and attention off the one who had saved and delivered them and listen to their own unbelief and the fear and the shame and the anger that it generated bring us to that place of repentance holy spirit we may grow again may go forward for those Lord who've been stuck I ask that by your spirit you would grant them the grace the encouragement the healing in their inner man in their bodies that encourages them Lord but most of all we ask that you speak to us by your mighty spirit Expose to me God those areas in my own life where I need to take new ground. Show me those areas in my own life where I fail to truly believe you and obey you. We want to go forward, Lord. We, we, we want greater intimacy with you. Use us mightily. God, and I pray for all of those that you've entrusted Dean and I to shepherd. I pray you would bless them, Father, this year in a mighty way and that that blessing would encourage them to seek you at a higher level. Put your hand of blessing on their businesses, their practices, their investments. Put your hand of blessing on their health, on their relationships. Father, put your hand of blessing on protection from sickness and disease and the disasters of broken fellowship and relationships. Keep them in your grip, Lord. Recognizing, Father, that is in your grip, that the evil one has no authority. May we stay there. Walk forward in the greatest realm of fellowship with you we've ever had. Knowing you in a deeper way being committed with greater resources than ever so that we may be a steward, that we may bless those that you have assigned us to bless. Not just recipients, but depositors of that blessing at a greater level. Pray that you would call all of those that you've chosen to walk in this fellowship, that you'd restrain those you haven't, that there may be a deeper commitment to love you and to love each other. Jesus mighty, in holy name, and all the people said. Amen and amen. Go with God. He's going with you. And I'll see you next week.